as we continue to look at phrases of the Apostles' Creed, it's not just phrases we're looking at. Every phrase represents an important doctrine that Christians have embraced for generations. Without ever using the words, last week we looked at the deity, the divinity of Christ. This week, we'll consider the doctrine of the virgin birth. So, as we begin this season of Lent today, a season in which we think about our need for penitence, focus on the sacrificial life of Christ who suffered and died on the cross, which makes our repentance a life-changing step in faith, we'll begin this time with a scripture, not a traditional Lenten scripture, but with Luke's Christmas story. Relevant to where we're going today. So follow along with me as we read the scripture together. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Belief in the virgin birth is one of the most basic yet one of the most debated doctrines in the history of the church. I was surprised the older I got to realize that there was debate about that, that there was questions. I just always knew, you know, we sang a song that said, Round yon virgin, mother and child. You heard it a minute ago during the prayer time. And I always thought, oh, that's a real thing. My only mistake was, as a child, what I heard was round yon virgin, and I assumed that meant she was round with child. Not the point. Um, I've learned since then that's not the case. But belief in the virgin birth was never an issue for me growing up in the church. The Old Testament prophesies it. 
in Isaiah 7, where Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The New Testament, in both Luke's account, which we just read, and in Matthew's account, tells the virgin conception story just as it was prophesied by Isaiah. Yet, there are many theologians, philosophers, teachers, and others who refuse to accept the possibility of a virgin really giving birth to a baby. Here are just a few comments you might find among many that are out there and their various responses. From Thomas Jefferson, the day will come when the mystical generation of Jesus, by the supreme being as his father, in the womb of a virgin, will be classed with the fable of the generation of Minerva in the brain of Jupiter. In other words, mythology. When asked, in all of history, who would he most want to interview, TV host Larry King said he'd like to interview Jesus. I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin-born. The answer to that question would define history for me. I know, those aren't theologians, but those are names a lot of people would recognize. Many modern liberal theogen, theologians have essentially rejected the virgin birth. No, it didn't happen the way people say. Some references talk of a virgin birth as a mystery, imitative of pagan religions that have similar stories of their founder coming through virgin birth. Others say the idea of the virgin birth comes from a mistranslation of Isaiah's prophecy that we heard a moment ago being mistranslated when it was taken from Hebrew to Greek. A Swiss Catholic theologian, Hans Kung, said this, Although the virgin birth cannot be understood as a historical, biological event, it can be regarded as a meaningful symbol, at least for that time. One more quote. I believe the virgin birth can be understood as both a historical biological event and also regarded as a meaningful display of God's power then and for all time. Belief in the virgin birth is not only a basic scriptural doctrine, it's a central part of the beliefs of our church, of the United Methodist Church. When the Methodist Church and the Evangelical United Brethren Church united in 1968 to form the United Methodist Churches, we hung on to both prior churches' faith statements. In the Articles of Religion, the Articles of Faith in the former Methodist Church, we read these words. The Son, who is the Word of the Father, the very and eternal God of one substance with the Father, took man's nature in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, so that two whole and perfect natures, that is to say, the Godhead and manhood, 
were joined together in one person, never to be divided, whereof is one Christ, very God and very man. And then from the EUB Church and their articles of faith, we read this. We believe in Jesus Christ, truly God and truly man, in whom the divine and human natures are perfectly and inseparably united. He is the eternal word made flesh, the only begotten Son of the Father, born of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's basic to all we believe about who Jesus is, that he really was born of the Virgin Mary with the act of conception dependent on the Holy Spirit and only on the Holy Spirit. It was an amazing act of God that many accept by faith while others try to find a way to dismiss it, to explain it away. Why is it, why is it that at some point people would try to explain away this miraculous act of God if we believe everything we've said in this creed up to this point if we believe God is truly almighty, all-powerful maker of heaven and earth, if we really believe God is creator, what makes us decide at this point that something the all-powerful creator of the universe, that there's something God just couldn't pull off? Some people seem to think, well, God does a lot of incredible things, and yet God even does miracles. Scott, you were talking about miracles with our kids. God does miracles, but uh, placing a baby in the womb of a virgin? Sorry, I can't see how God could pull that one off. Why would anybody pick that point to quit believing God is really almighty? The last phrase of the scripture we started with from Luke's gospel clearly says nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. <coughs> Excuse me. The other creeds we sometimes use in our worship that stand alongside the Apostles' Creed remind us that God is infinite in wisdom, power, and love. If God is infinite, if God is unlimited in those ways, why? Why would we not believe God is infinitely creative as well? Who decides all of a sudden to place limits on God when it comes to how God creates then and continues to create in our world today? the creative work of God still going on in each of our lives as he creates us to be ever-growing children of God. I truly believe the virgin birth happened literally, physically. But I think believing that says a whole lot more than just we believe in that. And I think rejecting this point is rejecting a whole lot more than just this one phrase in a creed. This belief is symbolic 
of many other things we say we believe about God. And ultimately, it is at this point we have to decide if we believe more about God than we can understand. Can we believe more about who God is, how God works, what God does, than we can understand? Either I believe God is really almighty and can do whatever God chooses, or I believe God can only do things I can understand or at least imagine. Which is it? Can you imagine intentionally choosing to limit God to only the things we understand? Wow, that would be quite a limit, wouldn't it? How many things in our everyday lives do we accept and use that we probably don't fully understand how they work? I remember years and years ago seeing the first computers that I'd ever seen. And they took up a whole room. And now the computer I carry in my pocket along that's part of my phone will do more than all those ever did together. How does that work? I don't know. As long as my phone works the way it's supposed to, I don't need to know. I just trust that it's going to. I saw some amazing technology on the recent opening ceremonies of the Olympics, and I, my mind was just blown at some of the stuff they were able to do technologically. I can't possibly understand how they did that stuff, but I saw it. Think about some of the things that go on in the medical world now that once would we would have considered unimaginable you can now go into the hospital at eight or nine o'clock in the morning and walk out that afternoon with a new knee or a new hip how does that work and that quickly i don't know but i'm thankful it does because it can be life-changing for people who need that People are taking rocket rides into space now for a few minutes at a time. They go far enough that they experience weightlessness and then they return back to the place they started. I don't understand that. I think it's kind of cool. I'd do it if I had the chance. But I don't know how that works. So, at the point of the virgin birth, why do we... Say, oh, I don't understand how that can happen. I don't think it really did. When we say we believe that really happened, we're saying not only we believe in the virgin birth, but we believe in way more than we'll ever be able to understand or figure out about our awesome God. I believe God can do far more than we can imagine or understand I believe God's creative power goes far beyond human logical comprehension. How about you? Do you believe God can do far more than we can understand? I hope so. I hope our picture of God is way, way bigger than what we can just figure out 
ourselves. Because if it's not, then how do we find hope in the Lord? How do we find hope for God giving us strength when we're weak, peace when we're troubled, comfort when our hearts break, guidance when we're lost for life today and hereafter? Where's the hope if we're going to limit God to what we can understand? It comes down to the point of deciding who draws the line at what can actually happen. Is it us with our limited ability and imagination? Or is it an all-powerful, creatively unlimited God of the universe that gets to decide I'm going to do this this way just to make people go, wow. To bring glory and honor to the creator of the universe. To cause part of his creation, you and me, to fall down and worship this incredible God. Who's the one who really needs to understand how God fully works? How God does what God does? Is it you and me? Or is it just that God needs to know and understand? I mean, who can pull off a virgin birth as simply as he created the universe? As simply as he revealed himself in Jesus Christ? heals sick and changes lives by his abiding presence within us. How did one act of God ever become more easily acceptable than another? Everything God does is miraculous in one way or another. Is the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus all that much more miraculous than anything else God does? I don't say that to downplay it. I'm saying, look, God's in the miracle business. Why should one more surprise us? It comes down to what do we really believe? What do we believe God's capable of? What do we believe God can really do even if we can't understand it? Place a baby in a virgin's womb? Yeah, God's capable. I have no trouble expressing my faith in the living God who really is the almighty creator of the universe and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, who was born of the Virgin Mary. In our belief, are we willing to go beyond our own limited understanding? I mean, if we've got it all figured out, if we fully understand God as God, we might not uh, need such a strong faith. I believe in an awesome, 
miracle-working, all-powerful God. How about you? we got to decide that every day. I believe in that awesome, miracle-working, all-powerful creator of the universe. This morning, as we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, we celebrate that awesome miracle of love that includes the virgin birth, the life, death, and resurrection of the one who was born to that virgin. The miracle of new life for us. That's possible because of the loving sacrifice of the one who was born in that situation. And we celebrate the one who offered his body and blood as the sacrifice that makes the new covenant relationship with our Lord possible. Will you take just a moment in silent prayer to prepare your hearts for the sacrament to come?